Well, it is Anniversary Sunday, and one of the highlights every year is an opportunity to reflect for a few moments just on the things that God's been at work doing. And, of course, some of us who've been around since before day one, actually, uh, have all kinds of reflections that go on in our minds. I think back to the, first, the fir- very first Sunday, and it was a, a 10 o'clock service that day at Morse Elementary School, and about 10 minutes till, there were very few people there, and we were all sweating bullets, wondering, will anybody show? And... We ended up with a couple hundred people that eventually showed children and everybody, and uh, that was that was a wonderful experience. They arrived at three after ten. <laughs> Some things never change, <laughs> and uh, except now, I think maybe it's more like five to seven after ten for some of you. But anyway, that's uh, no. Uh, uh, it's just the way it is. So it's uh, it's been amazing to just watch God be at work, and and, and you know from my perspective and. Our elders, for a second, we see things, changes in people's lives that you, you know can't always talk about, and that's always amazing. But uh, it is always a highlight for us on this day uh, to just have opportunity for people to share a little of the difference that God's made in their lives personally since they found their, found their way to Southwoods. Because the phrase that I've always asked people to finish is complete the sentence, the difference God has made in my life or our lives since coming to Southwoods is. And I've always phrased it that way for for two reasons. One, because ultimately it doesn't happen unless God's at work. So the difference God has made in my life. And then um, through Southwoods is the second part of that because together we as a body are helping facilitate. I mean, God's working through us in spite of us Uh, to do good things in our world. The scriptures teach that we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created, prepared in advance for us to do. And uh, some of those good works are, you know, just communicated through these testimonies, through the stories that we hear. So uh, hope that you'll rejoice in that. Uh, We've got several folks that are going to share in just a few moments. Dan and Kristen Gillenwater are going to step up here in just a moment. Uh, as soon as I finish, Michaela Jackson, who is graduating this year and grown up uh, most of her years here, and so she's going to share a little bit. Uh, Mark and Teresa Parent are going to share briefly, and uh, Mark's going to do most of the talking. Uh, if you know Mark, he doesn't like to talk. So for those of you who say, you know, he likes to talk. He does not like to talk publicly like this a whole lot. But uh, So for those of you who are timid and think, oh, I could never speak, Mark's doing it. Mark's doing this. So, you know, that is, so anyway. Uh, Dan and Corey Freeman are going to wrap us up, and then, uh, then I'll come back and uh, basically lead us in a closing prayer. We'll be done. But I uh, just want to ask you to listen carefully to their stories, because here's what's important. You are not different than these folks, and maybe you still need God's touch. You need God to intervene in your life in some area. You might just hear somebody this morning who's been touched by God and changed in ways that you need changed. Um, I just want you to know what God has done for them, He can do for you. And just listen in faith and invite God to work. So let's pray, and then uh, our friends will come share, okay? Father, thank you for uh, the gift of yourself, your presence. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. Uh, You're present this morning. You are witness to the song that was just sung and to everything that's taking place. Thank you that you've been witness for 28 years. We honor you. We ask that as these friends share a little bit, that you'll just give them strength, that you'll give them peace, 
So help them to share what you've put in their hearts to share uh, with courage and boldness and truthfulness and uh, the gentleness of the Spirit of Christ. And you'll just help them to, uh, to touch lives and help us to have ears to hear what you want to say to us uh, through their stories this morning. It's our request, and we lift it together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Dan and Kristen, wherever you're sitting, come on up here. Right after them, Michaela, and then Mark and Teresa and Dan and Corey. <laughs> okay, well, hi, I'm Kristen. Um, I wanted to start off by saying thank you uh, for listening to me share about what God's done in my life since coming to Southwoods. Um, my parents brought me and my siblings to Southwoods um, when I was going into sixth grade. They raised our family to know and understand the Bible, and I was very involved here in the middle school and high school ministries. Um, my brother and sisters and I were homeschooled, so it was a really big social outlet for me. <laughs> I learned a lot about the Bible from the godly volunteers, and I actually, I think it kept me out of trouble having friends here at church to connect with. Um, around high school, though, is when some of my really crummy personality traits started to present themselves. I was completely self-absorbed. I put my own self-interest above my friends. I was a gossip. I was very rebellious to my parents. I was very judgmental, and I thought I knew everything about everything. Uh, things got a lot worse when I went to college. Instead of just pushing the boundaries, I completely threw them in the garbage. I rejected the faith my parents had raised me to believe, thinking I had somehow outsmarted all the Christians in the whole world. Um, I let the influence of the fallen world corrupt my soul. I hardened my heart, and I blinded my own eyes to the evidence of God. In every facet of reality around me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was living a very corrupt, self-serving lifestyle with many friends who were not genuine or godly. And I pushed away the godly friends that I did have. I lived as if God did not exist. In my arrogance, I thought I was free to live as I wanted. In my sinfulness, I rejected what my soul needed and what I knew to be true. My spirit and emotions began to pay the price. I really struggled with depression and low self-worth, and I had little direction or hope for my future. I had a lot of trouble connecting with my family when we'd always been very close. I picked up some vices like smoking and binge drinking to deal with uh, my shyness and difficulty fitting in, and I made a lot of very foolish dating choices. <laughs> when I was a preteen girl, I prayed all the time for my future husband, and God had been listening to me, and he didn't forget what I had forgotten. He really provided for me at that time in college when I was totally out of control. God brought Dan into my life totally out of the blue. <laughs> Dan was not a Christian, but God, in his provision for both of our souls, made us for each other and brought us together. In God's timing, he brought us together to the cross. Dan is my best friend, and we've always talked about everything. When I explained to him the stories and the doctrine of the Bible that I was raised with, I realized that it made sense, and I actually did believe in Jesus and his existence and what he had done on the cross. We started coming to Southwoods again as a couple, and Dan's going to talk more about that a little bit later. Um, Dan and I ended up having some trouble between us, and I thought we weren't going to make it. Um, 
God told him to stay with me, that we were married. <laughs> He's going to talk about that too. <laughs> I did not expect this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it was the happiest day of my life. And being Dan's wife brings me endless joy. My husband leans on the Lord for strength like no one I've ever seen. God has taught me about the way that Christ loves the church through the way that Dan loves me. It has strengthened and improved my character, and it motivates me to be a loving wife. After we'd been married just seven months, we found out we were pregnant with our first child. I've always wanted to be a mother, and God very quickly blessed us with three children. <laughs> um, Vivian and Daniel and Evangeline are my precious darlings. There's no end in our home, excuse me, to the laughter and the craziness of our kids. Um, they bring me so much happiness. Oh, God has already taught me in the last four years so many lessons of joyfulness and patience and sacrifice. Uh, God's building my character when nobody is watching on the long nights and early mornings. And the love in my heart that I feel for my children really shows me God's heart of fatherly love towards me. Um, before we had kids, I worked in a program that helped at-risk kids um, in the school and um, community setting. It was a great program, but it was a secular program, so I couldn't um, openly share with the children about the Lord. It was very frustrating and heartbreaking to see the struggles the children were going through. I felt like I had this tremendous hope in Jesus I could offer, but I was not able to share it openly with the children. Um, but God knew my heart and my future, and his provision came through again for me, giving me a job here as a teacher in Wildwoods. Um, uh, God's foresight is so fantastic because I, had, I got the job before I had kids, um, but now I can bring the children, and they're getting a wonderful pre-K experience, and it fits our family lifestyle very perfectly. The ladies I work with are so kind and fun. Um, and the best part is I get to share with the children about God's love in Jesus. Um, I have my little flower pot, I'm sure you're wondering. Um, one of the ways that we, <laughs> thank you, my Vanna White here. Um, <laughs> one of the ways we practice our, Dana White, is that what you said? <laughs> one of the ways we practice social skill building and moral training is by earning kindness flowers for our flower pot when they do something really kind, they share, they help me pick up really well, they earn a flower in the flower pot. And when we fill it up, we get to get in the treasure box. Uh, so I brought it to show you guys. Um, I guess because I'm a teacher, I like the visual aid. <laughs> um, and as I reflected on my testimony, it came to me that my life is like this little flower pot. Every flower in my pot is like a gift from God. My parents, my siblings, my family, my husband, my children, my job, this church and our small group, and I could just go on and on with all my blessings from the Lord. But the difference is that the students in my class have to earn these flowers through their right choices. But all the gifts in my life are undeserved kindnesses from God. In my sinfulness, I turned my back on God, and I foolishly tried to ruin the good gifts that he had given me. But God never gave up on me or stopped being the generous and tender father that he'd always been to me. He provides every good thing in my life. God was incredibly patient with me through all those dark years. He chose to see me as worth saving when anyone else would have given up on me. 
one defining moment of my return to Jesus was when I was sitting in my parents' room in their big blue chair, and I read More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. I remember sitting in the chair, and I asked Jesus to come into my life again. The most beautiful gift of my Heavenly Father is Jesus and what he did on the cross. Because of Jesus, I will never lose the blessings that I hold so dear to my heart. His gift of everlasting life ensures that I will get to keep his gifts. My husband, my children, all my loved ones, even when I die. One day I will stand before him on the other side of death's door, and I will have everyone I love right there with me, alive and well. I imagine our new life after death like this. I see Jesus standing in a field full of flowers, more real or bright or breathtaking than these could ever be. He has a whole eternity of gifts of love for us. At that time, he will beckon us into the riches of his love and blessing forever. Oh, So since coming to Southwoods, my story with the Lord has been all about God's redemption when I couldn't earn it, God's kindness when I didn't deserve it, and God's hope for eternal life through Jesus Christ. And joy and thankfulness just well up inside me when I think on all of this and when I share it with you. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I'll do my best to follow that. Um, uh, Seinfeld talks in one of his comedy specials about how the greatest fears that the general public has is public speaking is number one, and death is number two. <laughs> Which means, he says, that if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be giving, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> I don't know if we quite share that fear, but uh, it's a good segue. Uh, first, I would like to say thank you to Greg and the others for asking us to share our testimonies with our church family. Uh, when Greg asked us to speak, me and Kristen were discussing it. I told her I thought it was a very serious question. How has God made a difference in your life since coming to Southwoods? Uh, my 20s were a blur, drugs, booze, women, an endless search for happiness in the darkness. I was a servant to my flesh. Uh, if it felt good, I did it to extremes. My life was about me. I was completely self-centered and self-indulgent, lost in my own anger, sadness, and loneliness. I thought God was a lie a false institution for mortals who feared death and were afraid to live their own lives. I did things my way. Just before I turned 30, I met Kristen and things started to change. I came to Southwards with her a few times as I got to know her family, and as I did, I started to feel a yearning, a pull. I wanted to know more about Jesus. He sounded like a pretty cool guy. In December in, uh, 2011, we decided to move to Oklahoma and open a business. I was in the Hawaiian shave ice industry at the time, and we took a chance. It was ill-advised and ill-fated for many reasons on many levels. But as we were in Oklahoma, we talked. As Kristen started to tell me a little bit about God, and we had discussions about Christianity, that yearning got a little stronger. Kristen ended up coming home three weeks before me throughout the relocation process when the business folded. Alone now, one night, I stumbled upon a History Channel show about the Book of Revelations. As it talked about the destiny of non-believers, a tremendous sense of fear came over me. I remember being very frightened and thinking vividly, that is me. That is my fate. When I came home, I started to talk with Bob a little about Jesus and got some more information. 
As I started coming to church on a more consistent basis, every time the communion trays passed, I felt that same yearning intensifying. I decided I wanted to be baptized, and on December 3rd, 2011, by the mercy and grace of God our Father, I became a new creation in Christ. I thought that was the end. Okay, that's done. What's next? It had barely begun. The Lord knew that there was a tremendous storm charging towards me and knew that without his help, I wasn't going to make it through. I've heard that with new faith comes new challenges. I said a lot of bad things about the Lord, wrote a lot of bad poems about him, defied his existence. And I felt like God was saying, okay, you want to be my follower, you want to be my sheep. Let's see how serious you are. February 2012 was the worst month of my life. Within three weeks, I officially lost my business as colleagues I had trusted revealed their true ethics and longtime friendships evaporated. Kristen and I had some serious trouble, and I was considering ending our relationship and disappearing from Kansas City. I decided to go to Topeka, my hometown. No applause, okay. <laughs> and lick my wounds a little bit. In this desperation, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and for the first time, I had ears and a heart to listen. I was driving down 435 West in rush hour traffic. I was still very new to prayer, but I was doing my best to form a semblance of focus. As I contemplated my future with Kristen, I prayed out loud, God, is this worth it? Please answer me. Before I could utter the sentence, an emphatic response, perhaps just short of the audible voice of God himself, resoundingly said, yes. As tears rolled down my face, in rush hour traffic at 80 miles an hour, not an ideal situation. <laughs> I said, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to run away. I wanted to rely on myself. I wanted to do things the way I'd always done it. But I felt like God was saying, this is the new you. I had to learn to trust God. And praise the Lord, he was right. Two months later, we were engaged. Four months after that, we were married on August 17th on the church property in the sunset of an afternoon that by God's grace only, was a very comfortable 78 degrees. God led us to start serving in the nursery and youth groups. We grow stronger than ever as a couple through the guidance of our almighty shepherd. On December 3rd, 2013, two years to the day after I was saved, Vivian was born and life changed forever. Two years later, on December 3rd, 2015, Danny was due. But he held on for another week inside. <laughs> No coincidence is the timing and love of our glorious Lord. Vivian is four, Danny is two, and Evangeline will be one on Wednesday. I am astounded and overwhelmed every day by the mercy and joy of, love, of God's endless provision. Every day, I wake up to a dream. God lets me pray over the four sleeping beauties who live with me and tells me to be still, to breathe, to take one step at a time, to trust him. Far beyond and above anything that a wretch like me deserves in life, God has taught me to cherish every breath and embrace every moment. I am thankful to God for every beat of our hearts and the strength that he gives us every day. The multitude of miracles before us is astonishing. We are immersed in the glory of God. From sunrises to moon phases to mountains and seas to spiritual wars he has already won and to the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are lost children looking for love in a fallen world. Love is the one thing that every person on the planet seeks to find. And since God is love, it seems clear to me that every soul on earth is searching for God. The difference God has made in my life since coming to Southwoods is God himself. The forgiveness he's given me, 
the inexplicable forgiveness. He is the only difference, and yet he is all the difference. He has redeemed my soul, calmed my restless nature, and filled my life with his love, which brings joy beyond my wildest imagination. He made my soulmate the woman of my dreams and has built our marriage on the cornerstone of his holy name. Every day, all I want to do is serve and thank God. I know that because of our risen Lord, I will never be alone again. Though I may be physically separated from my family for a day's work, his strength and guidance is always with me. Without him, I am scared, lost, hungry, thirsty, helpless, and blinded. But only in him is salvation for every person he creates. I thank Jesus for the promise of heaven, that we are never alone to fight the slings and arrows of the adversary. In our Lord, the battle for our souls is his victory. If I thanked him a million times a day, it would not scratch the surface of the mountain range of love he has made. In his wisdom, he has taken the I and me out of my life and replaced it with him, we, and us. I am thankful for our church home, for everyone here and there. <laughs> and for God's life-changing, unquestionable truth and the unfailing mercy and grace of his love. He is the reason we live. He is the way we love. Thank you so much. Hello. Um, so the difference God has made in my life through Southwoods is that he has taught me how to trust in his plan for my life and how to glorify God through the gifts that he has blessed me with. I am blessed with, two, with having two amazing, God-loving parents who gave me the ability to grow up in Southwoods. Some of my earliest memories include being at small groups at different families' homes, serving at places like Harvesters or Hope Faith with other members of Southwoods, and being here at church multiple times a week. I was able to form such a strong foundation with my faith early on in my life, which has helped me grow and experience God's work in so many different ways. Um, the, fr the family I have at this church is beyond incredible, including all of my amazing friends that I've gone through life with and all the loving and supporting adults who have shown me the importance and amazing power of coming together in worship and prayer. I have been blessed with multiple opportunities to go on mission trips throughout the United States as well as Guatemala, all of my trips have been unique and taught me so much about being a follower of Christ and how to improve my faith. Whether it's being more grateful for the things I have um, or teaching me to step out and take a leap of faith in order to spread God's word, this amazing church has given every student the opportunity to participate in mission work, youth conferences, and many other incredible faith testing and strengthening journeys. I would not be where I am today in my faith walk without our amazing youth ministry and hardworking, passionate, amazing student pastor, Cody Shepard, and countless other adult leaders, including Jill and Teresa, who not only joined us on many mission trips, but have also been our small group leaders and become my best friends. Through the challenges and struggles I have faced, I learned to trust in God's plan for my life and trust that he will guide me out of the tough times, leading me to something better that he has planned. In eighth grade, I had a very mean softball coach who made me want to stop playing softball. Um, I was told over and over again that I was not good enough. Um, oops, sorry. Uh, and that I was just a junk pitcher, and I would never be good enough to play on the field. My entire self-confidence was ruined, and I was hopeless. I wanted to give up, but my parents didn't let me stop. 
God was clearly speaking to them, telling them to do everything in their power so that I would not quit playing softball. I was later forced against my will to go to a tryout with a coach that we ran into at one of my pitching lessons who saw something in me and gave me a chance. Even though I attempted to protest and wear shorts to a softball tryout thinking that no one would ever want me on their team if I wore shorts, um, <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> um, God put this coach in my life because I wasn't supposed to be done with softball yet. Um, when one door closed, I learned that another better door always opens. It was not part of God's plan for me to quit softball because this sport was meant to be my mission field. Through this sport, I have had the opportunity to share God's love and be a light to all my teammates who have gone through their own difficult times. Whether it's being the encouraging teammate during a slump or just being a friend to talk to during a lonely day um, or a challenging time in their life, I've been blessed by God to be a light to all my different teammates, and I'm excited to be able to continue spreading God's word through my teammates in college when I play softball at Midland University next year. Um, but through these challenging years of my life, I was able to, learn, to lean on my friends and leaders here at Southwoods, and through them, God taught me the importance of having a church family and to rely on God's words, prayer, and trust to get me through the hard times. I would not be who I am and where I am today without the support and love that I get from every person in this church. I am so incredibly grateful that God blessed my family with being part of such a loving, inviting, and wonderful church that I get to call home. Thank you. Good morning. Even though my husband is the wordsmith and the vocabularian in the family, we decided that I would speak today and Mark would be here to support me. <laughs> so just a little bit of background. Mark has spent his career in advertising. Greg doesn't like advertising. Say persuasive communications. <laughs> okay. So Mark has spent his career in persuasive communications. And I have spent my career as a mom, which is the best title in the world, second only to Child of God, and in various aspects of marketing. For hobbies, I enjoy travel and reading, and Mark enjoys raising cattle. It's more scientific to say bovine. Okay, so raising bovine is one of his hobbies. And um, we have one dog, I mean canine. <laughs> And her name is Tilly, and there should be a cute photo of her up there. Um, together we have four children, two son-in-laws, two grandchildren, and one of which broke her arm just two weeks ago. We have a sweet photo of her showing off her broken arm as well. So we've been attending Southwoods for over 15 years, and... No, it's, it's more biblical to say 70 times 11 weeks. Okay, so for 70 times 11 weeks, um, we've been coming to Southwoods, and a shout out to Carla, because 70 times 11 weeks ago, she invited us to Southwoods, so we thank you for that. During that time, God has been doing amazing things um, in our lives. First and foremost, I was baptized here 12 years ago, and that has meant so much to me, my family, and to us. 
And um, 10 years ago, we had the honor of being married by Greg. United in holy matrimony. <laughs> so it's more churchy, I guess, to say this. So we were united in holy matrimony by Greg on a very, very hot July evening. And we are thankful to him for that and to Lori for introducing us to many, many resources to keep our marriage strong and growing. We're thankful to you for that. Um, we have matured so much in our faith since we began attending Southwoods through Greg's preaching, through Lori's teaching, through Bible studies, through small groups, and um, a much deeper prayer life has contributed to all of that. I cannot stand up here without doing a shout out to women's Bible study. There's nothing like Thursday mornings, Thursday evenings, Saturday mornings, book groups, those small groups. Um, so I just, I have to say to every single one of you that God so preciously designed as women, um, I just encourage you and challenge you to come, um, to try it. You will love it, you will change, you will learn, you will grow. And we cannot even think of serving God and having a heart for it without thinking and thanking Southwoods. Both of us now have a much bigger heart for serving than we did before we came here. From inner city to international, to high school mission trips, I love those high schoolers, um, um, to right here, serving in the church. Um, we have been just so very, very blessed and changed because of the opportunity to learn from and serve alongside so many of you. Southwoods has truly become our community, and the deep friendships that we have developed here are and will always be eternally invaluable to us. So we wish Southwoods a really happy 28th anniversary. You can say memorable jubilation. Or, in the words of my dear husband, a very memorable, memorable, <laughs> memorable, that's the word I want. A very memorable jubilation. Thank you, Southwoods. Good morning. Um, due to some recent events in my home, I get to do most of the speaking today. Maybe all of it. That's, that's different. Yeah, that's not different. <laughs> um, I, I want to start by um, kind of talking a little bit about how we came to this community. About nine years ago, we bought a house not far from here, and uh, we had been at another church for about a year, couldn't get connected just wasn't the right place for us. You know, we kept praying, God, where do you want us to be, and what do you want us to do, and it just, nothing seemed to be clicking in place. And then we bought this house. Well, the owner of the home, previous owner, had lost the mailbox key. So we had to come to this post office right over here to get a mailbox key, and that's how we found Southwoods. Now, we know that God orchestrated that because God puts all these puzzle pieces together of our lives that make his plan the perfect plan. So I know that God is the one who brought us to Southwoods. So we bought a house, we had to come and get a key, and then we found Southwoods. We began to pray, and we were praying before that, that God would provide for us um, a community, that he would provide for us friends, Christian friends that um, we could spend our time with, 
and uh, just really become a part of something. Um, and so I have to give a, a special shout out today. I'm not sure if they're here, but Steve and Tanya Leeming were the first ones who opened their homes to us. They provided us a home. They provided us with a family. They provided us um, with just this amazing, welcoming place that we could um, share our experiences about the Lord. We could grow together about the Lord. And they're just, I know many of you have been touched by them. And I just, wherever they are today, I just want to say thank you to Steve and Tanya. They're, those first impressions of a church are so incredibly important. And there are so many wonderful, amazing people here that provide those impressions that are good for um, exactly what we needed, and I know for many others as well. Um, and then I met Tara Wassler. Cool. And uh, <laughs> many of y'all know <laughs> that once you meet Tara Wassler, your life is never going to be the same again. Just saying. You just can't unmeet her. Now, <laughs> Um, but it, with all kidding aside, Tara is a sister and an encourager and just an amazing example of hard work and dedication and was in, encouraged me to use the gifts that God has given me on this platform and in many other ways. And I'm so grateful to her for her, her interest, her, her care, and her um, influence in my life here at Southwoods. Um, and I have to say... It's the same thing to Tom Comerford. Um, interesting note, the house that we bought, Tom and Kim used to live in 20-some years ago. We still get Tom's mail, so I'm thinking maybe if you change your address, we wouldn't get that mail anymore. <laughs> Kidding. But we do still get his mail, and that's okay. But we're grateful. One of the biggest differences that God has made in our lives by coming here to Southwoods is that we have gone from what we prayed for. We prayed for a community. We prayed for friendship. And God exceedingly abundantly does above everything we ask or think. And he brought us a family. We didn't know we needed a family. But Southwoods has become that family. And I can't imagine where we would be, how we would be, and what we'd be doing without this amazing church family. Um, there's so many people that I want to thank. There's so many people that I could say exactly the same thing about. You've encouraged us to use our gifts. You have come alongside us. You have loved us. You've cared for us. You've allowed us into your lives. There's not enough time because there's so, so many of you. Um, and each one of you are a brother, a sister, uh, a matriarch in our lives. Um, I, I think of Jackie. I, I can't imagine Miss Jackie um, that smile and that grace that she provides to everyone that she meets. She was one of the first that we met here when we first came to Southwoods, and she, is, she hasn't changed a bit. God uses her every single day in the lives of people. Um, Greg and Lori, I can't finish this off without saying thank you to Greg and Lori. Um, Greg and Lori, I remember saying to Steve and Tanya when we first started here, we'd been in that small group for a few weeks, and we just were observing everything that goes on in this church. We were observing the love that this church genuinely has for one another, um, <clears throat> the, the love that our pastor and his wife have for this congregation. And I said to Steve and Tanya, I said, they're the real deal, aren't they, of Greg and Lori? They are the real deal. I know you all would agree with me about that. And they have encouraged us at this time that we've been here to use our gifts 
for the Lord and to use our talents for the Lord. And they've supported us. And uh, I just can't tell you um, what a blessing it is to have a family like Southwoods be part of our lives. Um, and then really quickly, many of you know that um, Dan had a stroke just recently. And uh, the outpouring of love and support and emails and phone calls and visits to the hospital and all those things that family do for each other have been so perfectly and amazingly overwhelming. We can't tell you enough. Thank you, Southwoods, for your prayers. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for walking alongside of us. Thank you for making a difference in our lives and encouraging us to make a difference in the lives of others. Did you want to say anything? Okay. I think he wants to talk now. <laughs> well, you've, you've probably heard of the perfect storm. Um, the, what, it's, what the stroke had a, an effect on me was forming my words very quickly. Um, and so that coupled with all these notes, you're going to be here for a while. So if you want to, no, no, just kidding. Um, it, um, Corey really did say, say it all well. Um, I um, made some notes for myself, and uh, nowhere near as long as, uh, as, as hers. Um, but uh, the first thing that I put on my, um, on my list of things that I was thankful for and the, the changes that uh, Southwoods have made to, to me uh, was that uh, it, was, it was Pastor Greg. Um, I, I remember the the very first Sunday that we were here um, uh, in a crowd of people, uh, he, he found us. Um, and uh, from that day uh, on, he has just been um, an inspiration um, and um, a godly example. Um, and um, I'm very grateful for that. Um, what... Um, Southwoods has also allowed me to do is to to use the gifts that uh, that he has given me. Um, I know that not everybody can uh, feels like it's a necessity for them to uh, be in the back and to uh, be part of the um, the connect team. Um, but I find great joy in touching individual lives. Um, not so much up here, but uh, um, but I do um, like being able to um, love on people um, individually, and uh, and I'm grateful that uh, that you let me do that. Um, the solid teaching that uh, Greg has has given us the entire time that we've been here. He's been challenging. Uh, he is not. Um, he's not wavered in the in the midst of our society where everything is everything. He has stuck with the Bible, and uh, I am so grateful that uh, he has he has done that. And I'm sure there's been some persecution for that, um, but uh, being strong in the Word of God is uh, is very important. And uh, we knew that uh, we came from uh, uh, my our first experience in a church was in uh, um, well it wasn't the first but we were involved in a Pentecostal church a charismatic and and I loved it uh, but then there wasn't a, a balance that was there um, 
then we got into a um, another church where they were quite the opposite direction. They, it was a Bible teaching church, but uh, um, they were more restrictive on on what you could do. And and here, there's just a, a very good balance that you can worship the Lord, love on the Lord the way that you feel comfortable um, in doing so. And and I'm I'm delighted that you've created that environment, that God is uh, blessing this church through that. Um, Corey talked about family. Um, you know, it's just Corey and I here in, in Kansas City. Um, we are from Topeka as well. Uh, but that does, uh, you know, we, we our life is here. Um, and I wouldn't be anywhere else but with her. And um, But I needed more than... Um, um, than just a, a place to go, and and you, the, the family has been amazing. Um, I've gotten more lectures this week than I've I can count, um, and but I know that that is um, another sign of of God's love for for me and uh, providing. Uh, you can't have uh, can't can it be all smiles and um, no chastising. So. Uh, um, um, Hero Makers. I I got the opportunity to to go to Hero Makers. Um, the first time that I went, I wasn't in a good position f- uh, for myself, and so I went kind of with uh, a different um, expectation. It was more inward than it was outward, um, and it but it was still a, a really neat um, in opportunity for me um, and I got to go a second time uh, a couple of years later and I was in a better position for that and it was just amazing the our men's group here is just it's amazing um, it's always something that I've always wanted I wasn't never um, anything that we had in a church before and so I I've, I've wanted to be part of it, and then I would run away from it as well. Um, but uh, the men's group here is so strong for our church, and that's just that's like a foundation for us. Uh, the The women's Bible study and is is uh, up is kind of in the forefront, um, and it's wonderful to have. But to have the godly men. Um, doing and serving and praying the way that they do um, is just amazing. And I'm, I'm grateful for the, uh, the opportunity that I've had to be with them. Um, the pantry, all those things I've been able to be part of. I, I like being part of the pantry, not so that I can just uh, give, pe- give people food, but uh, I love to pray for people and uh, uh, meet them at the level that they're at, whether they're searching or whether they're just hurting. Um, and so I like, I, I like the, the opportunity to, to do that. And, and so that's what, that's what Church Southwoods has done for me. It's given me an outlet to, uh, to be able to do all those things. And, but boy, this family, I just I can't th- thank you enough for it. So hope you understood all the works. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
Well, so many things could be, uh, could be said to follow that, but what I want to do is I just want to say happy anniversary to all of you. And then I want to close with this passage of Scripture, and then uh, we'll stand and, and pray. If the Apostle Paul was with us, he had spoken to the church in uh, Philippi, um, and he wrote this verse. And I think it was a good church, a lot of good things going on. And um, if he were here today, I believe this is one of the verses that he would, I think he would speak these words over us as a congregation. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Philippians 1, verse 6. Everything that's good that's going on here is a byproduct of his hand and his inspiration, his presence. And what he's begun, he's going to carry on. So with us, in spite of us, because of us, uh, for the benefit of the folks in our community and around the world who need to know Jesus. Because it's really all about him. It is. So um, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to close in prayer. If you need prayer for something this morning, if something somebody said has really touched you in some specific way, I encourage you to chat with one of those folks. But also we'd be happy to pray for you about that. But uh, let's thank God for uh, uh, his presence here today and for all these years. Invite him for many years to come as we pray at close. Father, we thank you that you care about us, that you've not left us as orphans, but you sent your son to rescue us, uh, to draw us into your family, and uh, we're grateful for that. Father, what you've begun here, would you carry through to completion? And until that day when Jesus returns, we know that uh, that, that day is coming. And uh, we want to be prepared. We want to be ready. We want to have done all that we can do here in this community to, and, and around the world, for that matter, to, uh, to prepare people for you because uh, your arrival is a big deal. I mean, you've shown your love for us and your, uh, your longing uh, for people to know that you care about them. And so help us to do a good job in the years to come communicating that. Pray that you'll be with us as we leave this place. Uh, may the things that we've heard, thought about, prayed about, and reflected on today, may they just echo in our minds and our spirits. And would you help us to represent you well this week and in the days, years ahead. May your blessing rest on Southwoods. And may your blessing rest on every single person in the sound of my voice in this place in the live stream. This is our request in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed with me and said, Amen. Happy anniversary.